What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Live Beyond Average podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Miller, here with my co-host who finally decided to come back and film a show with me, Dustin Lubke. Busy, busy. I know, dude. It's hunting season. It's hunting season, so... And you said you just looked back, it's been two months since we did a podcast together? Yeah. I can't believe it's been that long, it seems like a blink. Yep. I mean, it feels like a while, because I just haven't hung out with you in a while, but... It, <laughs> time... This, I can't believe we're in November. Yeah, I... You get so excited for these hunts, like, all year long, and you're like, oh, I can't wait for this one, I can't wait for this one, and then they come and go, and you're like, oh, jeepers, we're halfway through the season already. <coughs> I know. And now it's time to start talking about rut stuff. I know. That's the crazy thing is, you know, you listen to our podcast in the off season <coughs> or in the summer as we're getting ready for these hunts and we're building up and we talk about those early season hunts and we get in the mix of this and it probably should have been this podcast two or three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, but it's just crazy the time you spend out in the field and then managing everything else between work and family. And here we are actually in, what is it, number fourth today? Fifth? Number fifth? Fifth. Number fifth, and we're actually like, you know, we're in the timing of the rut. That's what we're going to be talking about today, but we're kind of, we're in that transition of what I would call the pre-rut and the peak rut for mule deer, where we're at. Obviously, Mm -hmm. it changes everywhere, Um, but we're kind of in that transition phase where we're at, and so that was one of the questions that was really brought up on, we did the questionnaire last week on Instagram on some topics people wanted to hear about, and this topic came up, and I was really like... I didn't think about that. Like, I don't know if I've ever sat down and thought about, like, strategies or just hunting in general, mule deer, between that pre-rut and peak rut. Um, and so I was like, that's really intriguing, and I had to sit down and really think. Um, and same with you. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about that. We're November 5th right now, and that's definitely the time of maybe the end of pre-rut, even still, like, getting into that middle. So there's still time, if you're listening to this, to activate some of this information. Yeah, so um, I'm just jumping back to like last year, I would spend a little bit of time uh, early November, about the same time frame. And right now, uh, when I side glassed a lot of deer and a lot of, a lot of area, uh, the bigger bucks are really starting to group up some does. Um, and then you've got your more medium sized bucks they're they're gonna be making their rounds trying to pick up those loose does just try I mean they're gonna try it those are the ones that are gonna be out and moving right and you're gonna see <coughs> um, and then the little bucks are little bucks they're gonna be everywhere they might <laughs> be in, they might be in bachelor groups still they might be chasing does around they might be getting their butts kicked by <laughs> big bucks. <laughs> yeah and kind of a fun time of year I think because when you're out at least you know in some of the, the state that we're in, I feel like you start seeing a lot of does. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's kind of fun. You're seeing a lot of animals on a lot of mornings. So fun time of year. And it's cooling down. So you're, you're going to have a lot more daylight activity. Uh, yes. You know, in that early season when it's hot, you only got your maybe hour or two after the sun comes up and then maybe hour before. Shut down. <laughs> dark. And oh, then yeah. all day long you're sitting there. Shooting rattlesnakes or yeah, getting <laughs> attacked by rattlesnakes like Dustin. Yeah, exactly. So, dude, and you know that's kind of been my experience too. Is I, I, when I was thinking about this, I was trying to always think back to my own experiences of, of hunting, not just you know things you hear, see, or hear. Um, and I was like, man, I don't, I haven't like hunted that middle rut before. And then I was like, oh wait, no, I actually have a lot 
Um, it just hasn't been with my bow. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times I've been filling this bow tag, you know, in September, October. And so I'm like, oh, I haven't hunted that much. But then I thought I used to hunt a county that, or a season that um, had an earlier rifle date. Yeah. Um, and so, and that date typically always fell definitely end of pre-rut and that that middle time, that middle ground between pre-rut and peak rut. Um, I was like, oh shoot, I actually do have quite a bit of experience with that. Um, and you actually shot your biggest mule deer yeah. in that same time period. It was like a November 6th to 7th-ish, right? He was Eighth. on the 9th. Okay, yep, yep. So right in that realm, I always feel like our rut here is definitely mid to later November. Yeah. Um, for mule deer. Um, they're definitely, at least, obviously it changes every year, but it seems to be consistent with that, that yeah. six, 15th, 16th to, you know, the 25th range, I feel like. If but. you're, I've gotten asked this question quite a bit. Yeah. Like, is it going off a, is this, we're having a pretty good warm up right now this week. 70 degrees. Which is nice because I got a lot of outside stuff I want to get done. And I may put Christmas lights up. You're going to stay in my deck with me after this. Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Draw on the line. Uh, no, but, you know, it, they're still starting to rut. Whitetails around here yeah. are really pushing. Whitetails are um, getting going. And then moon phase is another thing. We talked about that in a previous one. And there's a whole, that's a whole other rabbit hole for a different listen. Dude, but, uh, and, and I think that's why the whitetails have been kicking off hard here early is we've had this, this moon phase that I mean you talked about last year yep. has been going on. We're kind of the end of it now, but was going on last week. Yep. Full moon was on Halloween and it was a, uh, well, sort of the moon was coming out fairly early in the evening. It wasn't all the way up when light was, but it was still out in the still morning. Still out in the morning. So I, I mean, you love, love that kind of moon phase. It doesn't yes. happen all often, um, it, but it's sweet when you get that moon that's out at, in the evening and in the morning all at once, and it is epic. Yeah, there's a lot of deer activity. You see a lot of deer activity around that time. Yes, in the daylight. Yes. So that's been a great thing. So that'll be interesting play this year because we're not going to have that during our rifle no. um, mule deer season. So things might be a little different. They might be... Um, depending on the weather, obviously I feel like plays a big role, but, but, uh, you know, we might not see that, that morning activity maybe near as crazy or that early afternoon activity might be a little bit later. You might, it might be more of that traditional, you really got to hammer hard that first 30 minutes of legal time, that last 30 minutes yeah. of legal time versus having that hour and a half to two hours sometimes, which you're seeing in that type of mood phase in our experience. Yeah. I so, think the only thing that could change that is weather. Yes. I mean, if you get some cooler temps, they're probably going to be out, be apt to be on their feet longer. But these warmer temps, Man, they're going to shut it down. Yeah, they'll go back nocturnal. Yep. Yep, exactly. Spending a lot of time Chasing those at night. Yes. So going back to that early November, you're looking at those first 10 days of November where we're at, where that in between the peak rut, you know, are you looking at that first, you know, almost, almost first two weeks, I'd say. November 1st to like the 10th or 12th mm -hmm. is that in-between phase or that, you know, November 5th through the 12th, the in-between phase. Like you said, if you can be patient and not pull the trigger on those medium-sized bucks, because you're like, you're seeing a lot of medium-sized buck movement at this time. They are the teasers. That is, I call those the yes. teaser bucks. Um, 
you get a lot of like the three by four, three by three mealies. The nice wide four by four that's a, only three years old. That and, and they look, they are great deer, yep. but they look a lot better than they are too. When you're looking at them through your scope or your binos, or they're walking away, and they trick you, especially if you're a whitetail hunter. They can trick you, and you can think they're a monster, but they're you know they're that 145, yep. which is a beautiful deer. But if you're trying to shoot an upper class buck, this is the time of year where it's possible that's going to happen, but you're gonna have more temptation. I feel like, and there's way more opportunities for the medium sized bucks. I feel like that um, too. I last year I had one three by three that just about got it. The yeah. third, time, <laughs> the third, third time. time he came by me in three days mm -hmm. within well within range and man i really i'm hoping i'll see him again this yeah, year yeah because you're going out next weekend right yeah next Not weekend we're heading back out with a group of guys and go try and track them down yeah and you're looking at probably start seeing some picking up on that rut activity yeah last year that time um it was right at uh be West River Rifle Opener. Yep. Um, the week before East River Rifle Opener. Yep. So you and were still hunting the East River. Yep. You yep. were hunting the East River side, and uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty epic. I it's mean, both time. whitetail and mule deer. Yeah. Just seeing the amount of chasing and little bucks. I mean, we're, you couldn't throw a stick at a four by four basket rack whitetail. <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. That's so cool, dude. That's fun. And that is what makes it fun. And that's why this time of year is such a fun hunt because mm -hmm. you're gonna see that activity, which is great. Even if you're not killing anything, it makes such a great hunt. Um, yeah. And so that, that peak rut time, that tip is just be patient. One of those tips is, you know, don't, unless you're just trying to fill the tank, that's fine. But if you're trying to fill an upper class buck, don't be tricked by those medium sized guys. Yeah. Um, what's, what's your tip for like, I mean, are, are you trying to target does a little bit in, in hopes of that bigger buck moves in? I mean, or are you still trying to venture off and just glass and find that loner buck that might be out just still feeding or maybe starting to peek around? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I would, I kind of go back and forth. I kind of keep the does kind of at bay. Uh-huh. Um, and then I, if I have a couple days to look at a place, I'll see where like the does are kind of hanging out and be like, okay, that's, that's where they're going to be. Yeah. Typically they don't move a whole lot. They're kind of patterned. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Um, whereas the bucks, I really like to get up high and see as much as I can see and then try and get on something that might be hopping from those groups of does versus just, because I think you limit yourself if you yeah. just find one group of does or just find a couple of does, you know, unless there's a hot one in there. Yeah. If there's a hot doe in there and you've got a couple of bucks <laughs> Stay messing there. around, watch, yeah, I will not. Watch that group because stuff will be coming in for miles. Yep. It's epic when that happens too. So. Yeah, and that's I think that's what happened on my rifle deer hunt when yes. we didn't even know that big one was down there and that little guy kind of bumped down in and all of a sudden. Let's actually talk about that. So that's a great example since we're already on that subject. So like we talked about how he killed his biggest mule deer um, in this time frame on that 9th of November. And what happened was... You know, we had hunted, this was like what, our fourth day, yep. and uh, you know, we full days out, glassing out in the cold wind, and, and there was some good deer movement in the mornings, pretty dead in the afternoons, cause, um, and then some movement in the evenings, but 
we had seen some big deer early season in there, and we were not finding the big deer. No, we're this we're holding out. Season. I mean, just with the amount of recon Jordan had done and the deer, the quality yeah. deer that we had seen, we were really holding out. Yeah, we had seen a couple like that mid one sixties to mid one seventies. So like, yeah, sixties and seventies deer, maybe one that pushed eighty. And so yeah, there was a lot of like we were seeing a lot of one forties, one one fifty type deer. And we were holding off, um, and we, but it was almost to that point where it was getting to that, right at that peak rut, where the big bucks were finally starting to kind of like get into their group and kind of locking down a little bit. I feel like is what was yep. going on, and so that can happen where you're out and you're like, I'm not seeing much, and you're not finding those big ones, but you're still seeing groups of does over here. You're still seeing those medium ones run around. Sometimes those big ones can be already like have a couple does that are like early estrus i feel like and they're already like oh i got you guys down and they, they take them down to these little crevasses or these fingers and they just stay down in there yeah and then other than that they're nocturnal so you're not seeing them so you think they're not there but i think they're just locking in a little bit early with some of those and if they already have if they've already found those estrus does they're not going to go run off to just go lock up a big group of does no. they're going to stay with the ones that are ready because they don't the big bucks don't want to work harder than they have to they're letting the little bucks do all that work for them yep. the medium-sized bucks so yeah, you're, we had hiked into this different spot that afternoon than we had the previous three, three and a half days. And yeah. like you said, we got in on that group and we didn't even see that big buck. We just saw this big group of does yeah. and this little guy that was kind of hanging out and we were tempted to shoot him because he was a three to last four, day. uh, se second to last second day. Second to last day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was a three by four and came kind of bumping down from a hill and again, he's nice. And He's kind of similar to what we had been seeing pretty much the whole week, and we're kind of looking at each other like, maybe well, we fill the tag. <laughs> do we do it? So we kind of get set up and you know get a range. We're sitting right at like 350, 355, and we're kind of getting stuff set up. We're getting the camera set up, and all of a sudden he like pops back out on the top, and he keeps kind of looking down, and then the buck that I ultimately shot was just a brute he comes out just puffed up bristle dude and he's just t walking through the brush like an elk and i'm like oh dude. my goodness what it really reminded me of and i haven't i've only seen this i saw it with wizard and holy 2.0 the two that i shot the last two years they did this to each other and it's the only other time i've seen that where the your mule there came out and it was the first time i had ever seen it and he was bristled and puffed and he was like moosing it. You know how moose, like the big old bulls come through that brush and they're like, That's and they're rocking. He was literally rocking through this like buck brush is what yeah. I call it. Yeah. And uh, working his way up this little, uh, I don't know what you call it, little, just a little cut, a little cut bank. And he was like rocking his way up, just showing his dominance to this medium sized buck. And it was epic. And I was just like, don't shoot the top one. Don't shoot the top one. That's because you were down in your scope looking at him. And I'm like, do not shoot the wrong deer. I'm like, there's a big one coming up. You know, I'm looking at him. I'm like, do you see the one on the bottom? You're like, shoot the one on the bottom. Yeah, shoot the one. He was looking at it at the same time, but I thought he was looking at the top one. And you're like, is there another one? No, I'm looking at the big one. And I'm like, yeah, the big, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were both so surprised at like this other buck and how big he was. And just, yeah, rocked his way up. And, uh, he, and then all of a sudden we hadn't even seen all the does down in there yet. Oh. He just kind of worked his way up top, and you ended up killing him. And then, yeah, he had like a dozen does. They just the does just kept coming out of that. I mean, it was just a small, 
small cut down in the bottom with some buck brush down yep. in there. And yeah, we were just counting dough after dough <laughs> after dough. I was like, holy cow, he did. He had a whole lot of ladies. We definitely made that three by fours day because he went with all the ladies. Yep. And we saw him the next day with all of them. They were his now. Yeah, he <laughs> so wasn't going anywhere. He can thank us. And I actually almost shot him that. I almost shot him the following day, but I let him. I let him be. Yeah. But uh, dude, I mean, it goes to show you that time of year. Like, if you're not seeing, we had three days of not a lot of big buck movement, but they kind of start locking down. So if we think about that. That's tip number two. Like, don't get discouraged if it seems slow. No, because they're sometimes they're not running around in the day; they're locked down, and so you kind of just have to get in those high points, like you said. And I think that's a great strategy, is yeah, knowing where these different little pockets or herds of the does are, because that's important info intel, because mm -hmm. you can get stuff moving in. But sometimes you got to risk it. I feel like, and just let the medium-sized bucks and the does go. You still have coordinates on the groups. Mm -hmm. Get up somewhere where you can glass and be just panning and watching because stuff pops up. And if you're not paying attention, you're down on your phone, you're taking a little nap, literally stuff pops up and disappears in seconds. Yes. If I would have been dinking around, I would have not killed my biggest mule that I ever did. I was glassing one side of the hill. It was 11 in the morning, warm, kind of a warm day, but I was glassing one side. And I was like, oh, I'm going to jump to the other side of this knoll, glass this opposite side. And I happened to catch his horns drop down on a badland. I mean, it, even if I would have glassed over here for one more second, it would have came back over. Never I would have missed it now to never know he dropped down in there. And the no. fact that I saw it and I, I knew what his, that tip of those extras looked like, I knew it was him and I could make the move and I wouldn't have killed him. But if I would have been just taking a nappy, hanging out, I would have never caught the glimpse. And they move from space to space. They don't stay out in the open. No. They move from their good space to the good space where they know it's out of the wind. They have good wind to smell. They're hidden. They know, like, they, they breed in areas that are confined. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like they, they push, so otherwise they waste energy chasing these does around. They yeah. push them in these areas where they're a little bit more in tight. They're not running around, and they can optimize their energy. Mm -hmm. And it, that's, that kind of just piggybacks onto something else, too. I mean, if you're not seeing something at one place, don't be afraid to move. Don't get pinned down for days stuck on one you know oh, I'm looking over these two valleys mm -hmm. because I saw a deer here two years ago well maybe there's something happened maybe they moved out of there um, and then going from that to like you just said where they're where they're breeding those does and where they're pushing them into is going to be smaller confined areas be careful not to get too far down in those too. Yeah, just because we're talking about being in there doesn't mean you should walk in there and try to bust them up because they're up and over so fast. When you're looking down just to walk over a log, they can bust and run over and you're like, oh, no, right. you were in here when really you just didn't see them. Right. That's kind of where... And you're not going to get a shot anyway. No. I like to really hang on the fringes until it's go time yep. because that's where, I, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, whitetail hunters, you know, you, you go, we get so keyed in on we got to get right in their bedroom and get sure. right in there sure. you know when you're hunting from a tree stand where i think mule deer you really want to stay out of there till it's time to go in there because they're just going to be gone yeah and even then it's just risky I, I in my opinion i'd rather yeah i'd rather just hang out wait for them to stand or or move and shoot them yeah. it, when i'm talking rifle hunting bow hunting obviously yeah we're sneaking in and killing them but uh yeah i mean i think you nailed it dude it's just like we sat on the same went to the same ridge for three days, three and a half days, 
on yours and weren't, and that's where all the big ones were earlier, just a week mm-hmm. before. And we ended up killing yours, I mean, three miles from that, that right. on that big mule deer. We had to go, we, we were glassing, we knew there was deer over there. And so we risked it and we bailed, got, you know, got your biggest mule deer. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it takes, it takes that time. And like you said, like we, we maybe, and this is my opinion as a mistake. It doesn't mean it's a mistake because people kill deer this way. It's just not my preferred method. But I see this every year where I feel like guys would have more chance of killing deer if they didn't do this. And that's walking through and just barreling through some of these big cuts. Yes. I understand it's midday and you feel like you need to, you know, I only, you only have a weekend to hunt. I get it. A lot of you guys only have a weekend to hunt. And I'm not demonizing you for this, but I, I feel like your chances are still better by not doing this. And it's busting through some of these big fingers and, and cre- you know, crevasses, whatever. I'm um, just busting through them thinking you're going to bust on them, shoot it on the run. You're probably not going to get a shot. Because it's so thick, you're probably gonna miss anyway. It's a rough shot. It's not mm-hmm. gonna be a very ethical shot either. Um, it just—it's uh, they're so thick and they're so steep. Your chances of getting pulled up and getting a shot in the buck is so slim anyway. So I know you feel impatient. You know we can hunt. You want to go bust some brush, but you're still better off sitting up over the top of it or on the edge of it and just watching mm-hmm. because it, you're still being productive midday. If it if it's mid November. Dude, stuff's going to get up and move at 11 and 12. I see yes. deer always, almost religiously moving midday mm-hmm. during mid-November. They're, they're just changing locations. Or they're getting in a different spot in the shade. Or they're yeah, out of the sun into the shade. Or they're done working that patch of does that they've worked all morning and they're sick of it. And they're going to go find a different doe that's in better estuaries. Yeah. And so they're, they're bailing on their does too midday and going to go find something for the, the rest of the day. And so in my opinion, instead of just busting it all up, and messing it up and especially if a lot of you guys are hunting public a lot of times there's other i mean we know there's the tracks some tracks public aren't huge you're not only doing yourself a disfavor by busting up because there's probably not going to be anything in there the next day then if you walk through there and bust it up but there's probably other guys that are sitting over top glassing too that same you know same spot so sit off and glass and that spot's going to remain good for mm-hmm. your entire hunt instead of just you walk through it one time Right. And so I just think even if you have a weekend, your strategy is still going to be optimal to yes. get on fringes, watch, yep, stay on the edges. give yourself opportunity. Yeah, going down through the bottom too, it seems like a good idea. very, very <laughs> deceiving yes. because it, when you're sitting up high, it's like, oh yeah, I'll just walk down through that and follow that little, you know, dry creek bed. And mm-hmm. then you get down there and you can't see more than 15 feet on either side of you. Yeah. And once you get down into the bottom stuff's going to be popping out and yes. I would say what maybe five percent sub ten percent of the time you're going to see the deer leave yeah when you you're just, walking through the bottom just because they know they have their exit routes that's why yep. they're down in there yep they don't just go bed anywhere they bed where they know and they have an exit route and a lot of times they're not bedding in the bottoms they're bedding on the sides and they'll bail over the top so fast you're not you think you look this way and you're looking Dude, one bail so fast, you'll just think that deer was actually never there. When really they were there, <laughs> they bailed on you. Yeah. It ha- Dude, I've watched guys walk through it, and I've watched deer bailed out, and I'm watching them through the spotter, and they don't even see the deer. There And some of the stuff... They don't even know. There's... I've been, in the past couple of years, just... Mule deer just are amazing animals. They can man. get up stuff that is like mountain goat stuff, mm-hmm. up and down. I mean, sheer faces that... Yep. I was like, oh, they have to come around this way. No, they don't. Nope. Over the especially, top. <laughs> especially if they're spooked or bumped. Yep, they just bump right over the top. Fastest exit 
possible. Yep. That's what they do. And then you're like, oh, they're just over this next ridge. I'll go shoot. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Two miles later. They're, they're good, man. Especially the big ones. They're yes. good. But it's a special time to still be out. Um, you know, it's a, it's a neat time frame just because of, of the amount of movement. And I feel like it just it gives you a lot of opportunity. So it's a cool time to be hunting. I mean, all the times are cool. I still like early season. I still yeah, like pre-rut. I like mid-rut. I like the peak rut. It's just, if you obviously you're a hunter, you're going to find your one that you really like. But uh, if I, I feel like peak rut of mule deer hunting can be challenging to pinpoint to <laughs> that day or that two days that are just rocking. It's a, it's different than whitetail, I feel like. Um, so you just got to be out there. Yeah, it, that's the main thing is it, the calendar year you can kind of group a few days or a few weeks in there where it's pretty similar. Yes. Um, your, your moon phase is going to affect it. Your weather is going to affect it a little bit, but not a ton yes you know a couple days either way and you kind of hit are hitting on a point like one of the other questions that came in that we can just throw into this podcast was like prep time and managing that time during the rut um and so it's just like like you said i think it's just what what you can take off of work mm -hmm. and i I, always, I mean if you're really trying to manage that time during the rut it's just like don't worry so much that it's november 1st and everybody's getting pumped on facebook because it's november like you're not, yes, I want to be out too. Yeah, it's but, but 76 degrees today. Yes, but November, if I'm going to be hunting mule deer, I, I, I want to be out. I'll, I'll still choose mid-November, late November over early November. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, don't feel that way. I, I would manage mid-November first before, it's just hard because the excitement of November is here and you see everybody out. Everybody's got their rutcation and yeah, and you see the guy, the whitetail hunters, getting you know. I mean, you're seeing that pick up big time, so that's automatically getting you excited to be out on your hunt. But there is some difference, so yeah, I would still prioritize the mid personally, you know, or early mid, like you said, like that sixth through the twelfth, even before I would. Yeah, I, I like that time frame if you can be out there. So, um, and another question that came in too was just like that, you know, that prep time for the average guy that works five days a week that only has the weekend. Um, and we covered some of this too. I mean, it's not generic information. I think a lot of it, that is just going to be your own ambition. Mm -hmm. Don't you think? I mean, yes. I mean, how do you optimize that, your preparation for that average guy? The, so the thing that I always look at is what am I trying to get out of this hunt or what am I, am I just trying to march in there, shoot a deer, take a picture and call it good or... Yep. Yep. Are you trying to actually go for that next level deer, or are you trying to fill a freezer? Yes. And that's going to change from year to year. It doesn't mean that you do it one way one year that you have to label yourself that type of hunter. You're going to have years that are different. You're going to have years where you feel like, I really want to be out here and be patient, and I'm cool with not filling the tag because I want to shoot a certain quality of deer. You're going to have years where you're like, you're going to look at a deer and be like, yeah, I'm good with that. That's fun. I'm having fun. I'm going to shoot that deer. Yes, that's me. That's me this year. I have yeah. two daughters that have mentor tags. Mm -hmm. If we fill both those tags, we really don't need meat in the freezer. So yep. I've been picky. So I, you know, my little hunting trips away this year mean more to me than a big deer. Just yes. getting out and being able to reset and you know getting away from all the hustle and bustle. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's where I kind of that's my zen time. Yes. Um, so that's that's a different outlook on it than somebody who's got a weekend to hunt and is trying for this deer. Um, and 
you know, I've got somebody that was talking to me that said, okay, what, you know, how should I be eating and food preparation and don't go crazy and completely mess up your body if you're Dude. just going to go for a weekend or yeah. just one week. Stay on, stay level. Just stay, do what you do. Yeah, just do what you do and just increase a little bit more your cardio, a little bit more working out. Yep. Don't get crazy. Don't go on a, you know, a super crash diet or yeah, it's too it's too late. It's too carbs. late for any of that. If you're it's November fourth right now, yeah. you're worried about a sixteenth to the twentieth hunt. You know what I mean? Like you're probably doing yourself a disfavor by trying to start something now. It's yeah. it's too too soon. You, you should have been thinking about it a lot sooner. Mm -hmm. um, and so you know, it's one way to look at it. When you're the the normal guy, five days a week hunting, you're busy. So think about the type of hunt you want to have. Okay, so that's some so you're thinking preparation, right? So you're preparing. That's what that means. Think about it early. What kind of hunt do you want to have? If you're cool with hitting some back, hitting a few back roads and getting out and just glassing a little bit and hitting a few tops, you probably don't need the physical rigorous that you have. Now that being said, I don't agree with that statement that I just made in the sense of I think you should be working out anyway to live a healthy life. But I'm we're talking just the average guy. I get it. Not everybody's working out like I am five days a week. Right. Okay, so don't feel like you need to go, you know, but if you want to have that hunt where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm sick of hunting around the roads, walking only a half mile, worried about how, you know, my deer, whatever. If you want to get in there a mile and a half, two miles, then you need to be thinking about that now and start exercising, just living a health. If you start living a healthier life now, throughout the year, getting in a few workouts a week, I'm not saying you have to work out five, six days a week, but maybe you need to get up on... Tuesday, Thursday, and one on the weekend, mm -hmm. so you're in three days, or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, if that's you, and get up 45 minutes earlier, three days a week, it's, guys, it's 45 extra minutes of sleep. I think you can sacrifice it yeah. for, for a 30-minute workout, and over the course of the next nine months, I may reach your hunt next year, the hunt that you're saying you claim you want, where you want to pack an animal or shoot a better deer that's three miles in, then... The course of just this next nine months of working out where you don't feel like I need to, I need to hammer hard for eight weeks. Mm -hmm. You don't have to do that if you just become a habit throughout the year. You're going to be ready for next year already. Just from living healthier, you're going to just feel better anyway. Yeah. Like we talk about. And so that is one way for the average guy to have a better weekend hunt or two weekend hunts a year is thinking about the physical preparation and just getting some workouts in throughout the year. Building yeah. a better habit. To piggyback on that too... Um, just your focus while you're out there. I think that's where, you know, we're so engaged in our phones and social media. And, like, right now the election stuff is just, like, getting jammed down every orifice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, just, I put mine on airplane mode. Just run Onyx off my GPS mode or offline mode. It's a great tip, man. And when I get out there... I just want to hunt. I don't want to deal. I don't want to. I don't care what you're eating. <laughs> you know, I don't care what your plate of food looks like. Yeah. Or it's okay to, to log out for a while. Yeah, just disconnect. It's and, okay to, and we hear it a lot easier to talk about and hear it than do. It is. It's challenging. So it is. But yeah. So that's my other tip to piggyback on that is just disconnect and be in the moment and be in that hunt. Because if you're saying you want to hunt more and you only have so many days a year to do it, that is one way to really 
optimize those couple days or those couple weekends and get the absolute most out of it. Because that's going to have to feed you until you get to go out again the next year. Mm -hmm. Those 72 hours are going to have to feed you for the rest of the year. So why would you be wasting time phone facing? Yeah. Do it. It's dark. Call your family. Good. Yeah. You need to send a few texts here and there during the day. Cool. But like, dude, just log out of the social. Yeah. Get get off. Get off the email. Get off. Let's just be real. Nobody's spending that much time on their email. It's Facebook and Instagram, dude. It's TikTok. So it's like, just do it. You will feel so much better about the time spent hunting instead of thinking you need more time. Make the time that you have better. Yeah, and take take pictures. Take notes. Yeah, you know, take learn something. Of the air, take Engage. notes. You know, write stuff down in your notes in your phone. Yeah. But you don't. There's a lot of apps and there's a lot of stuff on your phone that can you can do not being online. Yeah. Agreed. And it's it, it's actually pretty pretty humbling once you get out there and I know we experienced it in New Mexico when oh, yeah. you don't realize how time. many times you grab for your phone. When you're, there's like a free but, second. But you have no service and you grab it thinking you're going to log on and like, oh shit, no. I, <laughs> I don't even have service out here. I'm in the middle of the desert. It won't even spin like it's trying. No, exactly. And so it's, it's you're totally right. Like the habit of just grabbing and going, you don't even realize you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great, great point. I mean, but I challenge you. I mean, like just turn everything off and be in your own thoughts. You'll be surprised how difficult it is to be in your own thoughts for a full day. Yeah. Because we're not used to it. Oh, and it's a good thing to be able to do. And all that's when I, I get out and I just clear my head, say a lot of prayers, and yeah. be real thankful that I'm even out there Dude. being able to experience that and see that beauty and yeah, just watching the animals and just... Having the experience, man. Like, enjoy your experiences. I mean, I've talked about this in the podcast a few podcasts ago of how many messages I've gotten over the years, and it's actually been just exorbitant over the last few months is why I've been talking about it more just because... It used to be I'd get one a year, two a year. Now I've been getting like, I've gotten over a dozen in the last two months mm-hmm. type of thing. A lot of guys and they're just like, how do you get to hunt so much, man? Like, I want to hunt more. I want, you know, I mean, and I get it. And there's, those are great questions. But yeah, I've gone over it. I mean, in the, the podcast, there's a difference. Some guys really like hunting and love hunting and, and truly want to do it more. They'll find ways to do it more. Mm-hmm. And we I went over all those. I won't go over all of them again today. And some guys really like the thought of hunting more, mm-hmm. but don't really like actually putting in the energy to do it or being away from the family or feeling guilty. Or a lot of times they just, they actually don't like the hunt. It's they want to kill, they want to kill something nice, which is, I get it, we all do. But, and they want a nice picture to post on social media. Yep. They actually don't like everything that goes else with it. Or they don't have a passion. It's just they don't like it. That's probably the wrong terms. I don't think they have an actual passion that they think they might have for it. Yeah. Because they're not necessarily willing to give up That's what. That's 13 the, weekends of, of golfing a year. That's the big thing. What are you going to trade off to in order to have time to do this? Or to have the proper time to put in to be where you want to be to hit your goals? Yes. You can't... There's so many hobbies out there. And everybody's got their own hobbies and different hobbies. You can't have 20 of them. No. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to your your career. Or it's not fair to your business. business. It's definitely not fair to your family or your wife. And it's definitely not fair. What I struggle with more is like actually giving the proper time what I should be to to God. And praying more. Or reading my Bible for 10 minutes here or there. It takes away having those hobbies. Actually take away from... We all struggle with it. Yeah. We're humans, dude. You know, like we're all trying to get better all the time. 
Like, and, and we talk about God here. I mean, yeah, we're not. Per, there's no perfect Christians. We're we're actually Christians because we know how bad we fail every day, right? And that we actually need God. Like that's the point of being Christian. It's not the point of being perfect. It's actually the point of knowing how often we fail. Yep. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's the biggest thing. Um, yes. And so it, it's important. So like like you said, it's about this trade off of of time. Mm-hmm. And you have to give up sometimes somewhere else to make up time if you want to actually hunt more. Yep. Because you can't just be taking away all the time. No. No. So. Definitely give and take. Exactly. It's it's challenging. But hey, if you want to try on some other passions or you're saying that the outdoors, hunting, fishing, whatever that is, is, is what you want to spend more time of, audit your time mm-hmm. other times of the year and take some of that stuff away and apply it back to the hunting if that's what you want to do. It's And the same thing goes with hunting. You can hunt everything, but you're not going to have time to hunt everything. Correct. Correct. You can want to hunt everything. You can try and duck hunt, pheasant hunt, deer hunt, elk hunt, antelope. Yep. But, again, that's a lot. That's a very good point. A very good point. And, dude, this year's a great example. You know, we've had the turn-back tag system in South Dakota. Well, we know some guys who have bought a lot of deer tags from that... Literally impossible to go out and hunt all those deer tags in a two-week time span, three-week time span. Won't make it happen. So why, you know, and so it's, it's interesting to be like, okay, you're going to take off that much time? Probably not. So why do you keep buying the tags? You know what I mean? But, like, you're not going to be able to time to do it all. I know we all want to. You're not going to be able to time to do it all. And it's taking away. It's got to have the balance. And yeah, I, and it's that ultimately... Just speaking from experience, yeah. we know. We both learned through it. We've, worked, we've helped each other out through this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can have a handful of tags looks like a fan deck of cards, you know. <laughs> and uh, yep. But yep. your experiences are going to... I shouldn't say... It is what you make it and whatever you take of it. So there's that route. But I yeah. just don't think you're going to have a quality experience if you're just trying to notch tags. Get to the next... Yep. Get to the next, like, I got one fill this tag, I want to be able to, yep, went for eight for eight this year, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I get it. It's a, occasionally, maybe that's a fun challenge. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is an accomplishment, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, at what cost? So, I, I think there's got to be yeah. a balance there, um, for sure. And uh, I'm, I'm personally getting to the point where I'm trying to balance the quality over quantity. Yes. I, want, I want some quality hunts. Uh, or, or just, eat. and I'm not saying that necessarily with quality animals. I'm just saying quality time dedicated to the hunt, mm-hmm. pushing it, um, you know, being out in the field more. And uh, instead of necessarily, I mean, that, come with, that comes with often too, but it's still just, I'm not worried about when I'm out in the field on one, I'm not worried about getting to the next. Yes. No offense, our deer take your, our deer rifle hunts are two, two weeks in South Dakota. You're, what do you think? If you have eight tags, what, you're not out one day thinking about the tag you're hunting. You're worried about filling it and getting to the next, yeah. right? So, I mean, have value in your stuff. Have value. Yeah, you no, know, it means value things. To each their own, but yeah. they're, it'll mean more. But again, we're talking about this in relation yes. to that guy who, how do I prep for the average working guy? Yes. And so I get it. Some of you have more time. I'm not. I'm not picking on somebody or something like that. I'm just, this subject was for the average working guy. So don't be thinking qu- quantity, think yes. quality. That's, so just everybody who's listening, 
remember what we're talking about. We're thinking about for the average working guy five days a week who has a weekend here or two. So yeah, if you that's have, why we're relating this. If, if you, you have, have time, an entire month off where you don't have to work. Oh, freaking knock it out. Do your thing. That's awesome. <laughs> Go for <laughs> you it. You can do that. I mean, yeah, and that's part of, I'm self-employed, so like I do notch out more time. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, remember what we're talking about. This is the question that came in on Instagram is for the average working guy. So we're giving our experience on you work, you work, you know, 24-hour shifts. Yep. I used to work a full-time job and run a business. So we do have experience in the question and answering it and what we've gone through and had to, had to manage yeah. over the years and what we learned from. So we're just giving that advice. Yeah, if you've got, like I said, if you've got a whole the whole entire month of November off. That is awesome. And a, and a handful <laughs> of tags. Do wow, your, that'd be yep. that's pretty awesome. Do your thing. Get as many tags as you want to have fun. Do your thing. But no, I, I mean, like we were saying, the guy that's just doing weekends, if you're, you know, if you only have 48 hours to hunt and less than 20 hours is daylight and you're trying to fill a tag in that time, yeah. it's not going to, Yep. before you get on to the next one. Exactly. And that, that being said, guys, you know, I see a lot of stuff online on like, I'm not, it's hard to get out that far. It's an eight hour or six hour drive, whatever. Guys. It's, it's your it's your weekend. It's your two weekends. It's okay to drive late and get it at one and get up at five. Mm-hmm. It's okay to be tired. It, it is like and I think we forget that. It's okay to be tired. Like go out and have some fun. Yes. Push it. Be tired. You might be a little tired until Wednesday next week at work. You'll survive. Have fun on those weekends that you're hunting. Get out there and do it. Make the most of it. It's okay to be tired. Drink a little extra seeker. I was gonna say coffee, but yeah, just drink a little extra seeker during the week, and and you'll be good to go. So have fun with it, man. Like, and that's the biggest thing, dudes. Yep. Make right the time of year. Make that experience. If you can't get out during the time of year, the rut or the pre-rut or the preseason, whatever you want, you can't. Just get to the next. Have fun. Still get out there. So. Yeah. Anything else we want to cover today on some mule deer? I mean, we were talking basically mule deer hut rut. We we venture. We always venture off into some wormholes like that. But that's the point of a podcast, is to talk. Yep. and to work things out and to try to add value. So Get you guys through your long car ride or boring yeah. work day before you take off for the hunt. Get to jacked up. Exactly, man. Exactly. Good luck to everybody going on to this next few weeks. It's a fun time of year. Yep. Get out there. Get up early. Quit worrying about being tired. And, uh, it gets dark get early up. too. So Just get up and get out. Go to bed earlier. Exactly. Well, have a great rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in to the Live Beyond Average podcast.